0: 1 Kings, Chapter 5 Hiram, the king of Tyre, sent his servants to Solomon, for he had heard that they had anointed him king in the place of his father, and Hiram had always loved David. Solomon said to Hiram, saying, You know that David my father could not build a house for the name of Yahweh his God, because of the wars which were around him on every side, until Yahweh put enemies under the soles of his feet. But now Yahweh my God has given me rest on every side. There is no enemy and no evil occurrence. Behold, I intend to build a house for the name of Yahweh my God, as Yahweh spoke to David my father, saying, Your son, whom I will set on your throne in your place, shall build the house for my name. Now therefore, command that cedar trees be cut for me out of Lebanon. My servants will be with your servants, and I will give you wages for your servants, according to all that you say. For you know that there is nobody among us who knows how to cut timber, Like the Sidonians. When Hiram heard the words of Solomon, he rejoiced greatly and said, Blessed is Yahweh today, who has given to David a wise son to rule over this great people. Hiram sent to Solomon, saying, I have heard the message which you have sent to me. I will do all your desire concerning timber of cedar and concerning cypress timber. My servants will bring them down from Lebanon to the sea. I will make them into rafts to go by the sea to the place that you specify to me and will cause them to be broken up there, and you will receive them. You will accomplish my desire in giving food for my household. So Hiram gave Solomon cedar timber and cypress timber according to all his desire. Solomon gave Hiram 20,000 cores of wheat for food to his household, and 20 cores of pure oil. Solomon gave this to Hiram year by year. Yahweh gave Solomon wisdom as he promised him. There was peace between Hiram and Solomon, and the two of them made a treaty together. King Solomon raised a levy out of all Israel, and the levy was 30,000 men. He sent them to Lebanon, 10,000 a month by courses, for a month they were in Lebanon, and two months at home. Adoniram was over the men subject to forced labor. Solomon had 70,000 who bore burdens, and 80,000 who were stonecutters in the mountains. Besides Solomon's chief officers who were over the work, 3,300 who ruled over the people who labored in the work. The king commanded and they cut out large stones, costly stones, to lay the foundation of the house with worked stone. Solomon's builders and Hiram's builders and the Gebelites cut them and prepared the timber and the stones to build the house. So we've got a deal here between King Solomon of Israel and Hiram, the king of Tyre. So Tyre is um, in in the time of Jesus. We've got the region of Tyre and Sidon, and there's a story where Jesus talks to a woman of Sidon, a Sidonian woman. So and uh, in today's world, this is the country of Lebanon, capital city is Beirut. So this is north of Israel, but it's on the coast, on that side, according to you, the way you're looking at it. And um, so we're talking about you know further north. So Solomon already has a deal with the king of Egypt further south, but now he has a great deal with King Hiram of Tyre further north. So they're really cooperating with all the people around, and this great deal is that Solomon's going to pay X amount um, and in return get timber for the house of God. So he's going to start construction. And in this chapter, we see some interesting things. First of all, we see that he has 150,000 slaves. Now you thought that the Israelites were originally in slavery in Egypt, and when they came out there were 600,000 men slaves, and uh, some people think that they might have helped build the pyramids. I'm not sure if that's correct, but they certainly helped build things because they were making stuff out of bricks. And, um, but here we've got a picture of now Israel has 150,000 slaves, and Israel is now embarking on a grand project. So we're now, (laughs) in a very similar, weirdly enough, picture to what Israel was in this position, like, um, you know, four, 500 years ago, whatever it was, about 440 years earlier, Israel was the one who was enslaved and being used in building projects, and now it's turned around. And this is what I was saying before about, um, in the last chapter I was talking about king king solomon was on one hand a picture of christ and the kingdom is a picture of the kingdom of peace and its grandeur but it's not a perfect picture because solomon himself starts to do things which uh, it's it's not really in the plan of god like you start to see things happening we're seeing here with all the slaves that are being used we're starting to see that they are now doing to others what was done to them before so you can see that's not ideal and um But for the moment, let's just look at the the numbers. He's got 70,000 slaves that are used to transport the stone and the timber. 80,000 slaves were used to cut the stone. And there were also 30,000 conscripted laborers. So these are not slaves in the normal sense. These are Israelite men. And Solomon has gone and rounded up 30,000 Israelite men and forced them to work and he lets them work for one month and then he lets them go home for two months. So they have to work four months of the year and there's 30,000 of them. So if you add up the 80,000, the 70,000 and the 30,000, except they're in shifts of 10,000, so there's 160,000 people working the entire time and on top of that there are 3,300 supervisors. So 163,000 300 people involved on this project and we'll find out later the project took about 7 years. So it's a big big project. Now I later on we're going to find out how big the temple was and I thought to myself how on earth why on earth does it take this amount of people to build a temple that's so small? In, I think it's the next chapter we're gonna look at the sizes of the temple and we're gonna work we're gonna read that it's you know X number of cubits wide, which I've calculated was about twenty-six meters wide twenty-six meters long. That's the temple, about eight meters wide. It's not very big. It's there are houses that you and I well not my house, my house is a little, but there's there's um, houses that you know people we know that live in that are bigger than this temple in terms of floor plan size. You know, uh, the church that, that we're a part of here at Peace our building is 40 meters by 40 meters. This building is bigger than the temple that Solomon built. <laughs> and it didn't cost, didn't take seven years to build, I can tell you that. And it didn't cost anywhere near the amount of effort and it certainly didn't require 163,300 forced laborers. You know, That's a huge, so what I was wondering is how does it take this amount of people to build a building that's so small? Well, here's the answer. What I've got here is a picture of an obelisk that, that uh, in Egypt, that was in mid... Uh, you know, they basically were chiseling this obelisk out of pure stone. So in, in ancient Egypt, they had these obelisks, which were these big stone pillars. We've got one in Rockhampton at the Botanical Gardens, and um, the obelisk is basically to commemorate soldiers, you know, in World War II and after, afterwards. And uh, obelisks are popular all around the world now, but they're an Egyptian thing. And they used to, every pharaoh would try to put up an obelisk. And um, basically, these obelisks were, were pure stone. So they would find a huge, big area of stone and they would start chiseling out the shape until they eventually had the whole thing freed. And then they would, you know, be able to lift it onto the back of, of cart or however they would transport it. But you, could you imagine Chiseling, you know, that picture that I just showed you, chiseling that out by hand. How many people would that take? How long would it take? Well, imagine if you needed to get hundreds of rocks and you needed to get them all chiseled out. Well, that's your 80,000 stone chiselers right there. And then you had to transport them all the way to Israel, you know, hundreds of kilometers maybe. I'm not sure. I, I never did the Google Maths measurements. But we're talking you know at least hundred kilometers from up in Lebanon down to Jerusalem but I think more and a lot of its mountainous and so you have got 70,000 people just to transport so you can see it's a huge amount of work just for a small small building well I uh, did some mathematics I worked out based on an average day's wage Now in Australia they say that the average wage is you know about seventy five thousand dollars per year. That's that boggles my mind um, because that seems like a very high wage, and I and I don't know, you know, too many regular people that earn that much money. Um, Certainly professionals earn that much money, but it's an average. You know, you take all the highest wages down to the lowest wages, and you end up with this average. It's not a median wage. But if we were to say take what's possibly an average wage, could be $200 a day, Australian, uh, for a full-time worker. If we took that $200 a day and we times that by all the workers here in the temple, $163,300, and times that by seven years, you end up with, and that's of course only working five days a week, not working, they probably worked six days a week. 28 billion dollars. That makes the temple the most expensive building on the planet. And, um, so, but of course it was all slave labor and uh, Solomon didn't pay for a lot of it. But it just goes to show the amount of effort. And we sometimes think back and we think that the, the, the pyramids were so grand. But i tell you what, the temple was grand. And we're gonna, in the chapters ahead, we're gonna get into what was actually in the temple, what went into it, what made it so grand. It wasn't just stones and timber. So if anything comes out of all of this, I think it's a picture to us that the temple of our Lord is grand. And uh, it's not something that we just think is a nothing. I'm not talking about the temple from years ago. Sure, that was physically grand. But the temple of the Lord, the li- our lives and our hearts being built together, is something very grand about it. And if anything, it's worth our You know, we should become slaves, the servants of God, so to speak, to help build that thing. It's very, very important. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for every chapter of the Bible, including this one. Lord, we're just astounded at these things that happened so long ago. And on one hand, we're grateful they happened. On the other hand, we're glad we didn't have to do all that slave labor. But Lord, I thank you that we get to contribute to the building of the temple now, Lord, the body of Christ, the joining together of hearts and lives. I thank you for it. In Jesus name amen